Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. everybody and welcome to billy joel a to z today we are talking about good night saigon good night saigon is the fourth track that wraps up the first side if you were listening on vinyl all those years ago of billy joel's eighth studio album the nylon curtain good night saigon <laughs> <laughs> was released as a single in february of 1983 spent seven weeks on the billboard charts but peaked at 56 on april 2nd 1983 because a song like this was asking a lot to beat out Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. Goodnight Saigon also appears on Greatest Hits Volume 2 and the My Lives album and the live album's Concert. <laughs> That's the one, right? <laughs> Is that how you say it? <laughs> I don't know. 12 Gardens Live and Live at Shea Stadium. This is a popular song. So in that sense, Elon Altman, Christopher Bonanos, where does he rank this song? out of 121 i think this one's going to be pretty high but i think uh based on the fact that billy sings some words here very theatrically and i remember that christopher bananos didn't like the way he sang some words in big shot i'm going to drop it a little bit but i'm going to say 22 it's a little lower than that it's at 38 which is a little low i guess for these kind of guys but uh, you were right in the song not about the lyrics he's mad at the helicopters uh okay very mad at the helicopters And then he says, can we knock it for portraying a secondhand experience, which a lot of people did get upset about for some reason. And Glenn Gamboa, though, from Newsday, ranks it at nine. He says this tribute to the military and really to everyone who dedicates his or her life to public service works so well because the verses sound like actual remembrances from the Vietnam War. Then the idealistic sing-along chorus takes the song to the next level. I agree. The fans rank it at 40. They rank it lower than the other two guys. Interesting. Uh, might be even lower for me. I just don't like sad songs like this. However, I was not looking forward to this song. In fact, I was dreading it. And as you know, our guest after we finish the G's is going to be comedian Gary Goldman, who is a wonderful guy, told us his favorite song is this song. And that was shocking to me because this is in no way my favorite song. I didn't think it was anybody's favorite song. But in re-listening to it, not looking forward to it, it really is a, a tremendous song. It really is. And that chorus, like the way it builds, like in Captain Jack, like in some of the other ones, like Piano Man, the way he does it, the way Billy Joel can only bring you to that level. He's so good at it. It works. It is, it is a very good song. Yeah, I had a similar experience to you in that I it's not a song I listen to much and I wouldn't probably rank it in my top 10 or top 20 personally, um, although I think it's very good. But when I kept re-listening to it, it kept giving me chills, like not just the chorus, but some of the verses, the bridge section where he gets real quiet. 
it's really chilling and you really do feel something from this song. And I, so many people that I talked to actually do mention this. I just did a show a few nights ago and I was talking to someone who's a firefighter on Long Island. And when I mentioned that we do this podcast, he said that, that uh, the other firemen, the ones, the older guys who actually served in the war, uh, love this song and sing it all the time. Isn't that funny? And we do find that a lot of veterans like it, which is interesting for a guy that did not fight in the war. You thought perhaps they would be offended or take umbrance to, or umbrage rather to uh, this kind of thing, but they do seem to like it. A lot of veterans like it, and I think they appreciate it, which is, uh, again, a testament to Billy Joel. Of course, they, I suppose, feel that way about Springsteen and things like that, too. We're all talking about people that never fought in the war. It's kind of interesting that there were no musicians besides Elvis. <laughs> who fought in a war well uh, that's not true <laughs> what 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 name one uh i can't right now but there's no way elvis was the only person and not that he even fought he was I'm talking over. about popular musicians i'm talking about people that sing about war i'm talking about dylan i'm talking about springsteen i'm talking about uh i don't know Joey. oh i got a good i got a good one for you shaggy fought in the first gulf war right, that doesn't count I'm, i mean it does it does but i'm just saying you know what i'm talking about and these guys that have made all these anti-war songs of uh, Paul Simon, people like that, none of them have fought in a war. It's just kind of interesting. You'd think one of them would come back. And of course, you know, it's tough to come back from, uh, especially Vietnam, and come back where you can actually be a normal person, I guess. Yeah, but and a lot is- of those guys, a lot of those guys were recording their music around the time of the war, late 60s, early 70s. And then when people actually came back who were fighting in the war, even if they became musicians, a lot of soldiers just don't want to talk about this kind of stuff. And so maybe it just needed to have an outsider's perspective. And that's why those kind of guys were willing to write songs about it. A song like this could have gone either way. It's funny that people pick on him for not having been in the war and writing a war song when everyone does it. But they don't pick on Springsteen. They don't pick on Dylan. But for some reason, Billy Joel got a lot of shit. But I guess that's what happens when you, even though this is before, when you write Uptown Girl and then you write Goodnight Saigon, I guess you're going to get flack from it. I know they they don't coincide because Uptown Girl was later, but uh, I guess that was the thing. But this song does work on all the levels. And I was moved. I don't know if you saw the Kennedy Center performance, that idiot Garth Brooks singing for some reason, Garth Brooks worships Billy Joel, which is great. But um, he sings this song which nobody wants to hear him sing, but they bring out all the veterans from like all the wars. And whenever they do that part, bringing out the veterans, the veterans, it's moving every time. Yeah. Although um, when you watch the official music video of this, which is a live performance, when I first saw those guys coming out to sing the chorus, I was just like, Hey, aren't those the gay caballeros? I said the exact same thing. (laughs) I couldn't believe I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Those are the gay guys. I think it's the crew. So yes, I think for the, the more the light, the one at Shea, it was veterans. You know, I think he changes it up. If he's doing a regular concert, it's probably just the crew, or at least he started it that way. And then of course it built into something else, but yeah, it's the Kennedy center. It's so epic because he's sitting there being honored in Washington, DC, all these veterans come out and sing, and it's in front of the president of the United States, which is Obama at the time and John Kerry and all these dignitaries and celebrities, of course, and everybody knows the words and everybody is moved and it gets a standing ovation. And it is. Wow. It made me cry. I couldn't stand it for one second longer. It's amazing when music can move you that way, you know, and you're not someone who was in the war. I wasn't ever in a war. 
Um, but we can, it, I don't know, Bill is able to channel it. So you almost feel like you're there with these people and can experience what they're experiencing for a few Elon, minutes. I take umbrage to what you're saying. There's a war in my head on a daily basis. <laughs> and it's, whether to and it's it. also against the Vietnamese. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, for me, it's whether I should eat at Wendy's or try and eat healthy. And that's the war that goes on. That's my Vietnam, you know, in my head. But that's that's apparently separate. People don't consider that the same. So I get that. But I'll tell you something. <laughs> I know you've been to a lot of Billy Joel concerts and been to one. <laughs> oh, well, again, here's a song I'm not looking forward to. But when you're in the moment and it's happening and he gets to that part and it was dark. And then, it, you know, that's the first part where it hits and the lights ironically come on, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. But you're like, oh, we're in for a ride. And it is a very good live experience, although I cannot figure out for the life of me, I think I think for one of the ones I, oh, with the 12 Gardens live, he, again, the question, he opens it after the intermission, like he did with Captain Jack that time. I don't understand it. It seems more of an ending of the first act song. Yeah, I think it's because of, again, the way it slowly gets into it. You have a whole minute of just crickets and then helicopter noise. It's, it's a nice thing to come out of nowhere. So when there's silence and then the song starts, that's kind of cool. Uh, you know what I didn't notice until we were doing the research on this is that it goes backwards. I didn't know it goes crickets, wind, wind chimes, helicopters. And then at the end, those helicopters, wind chimes, crickets. I didn't I never under, didn't recognize it and see the uh, what an interesting thing to do. Yeah. So you totally feel like here are the soldiers coming in and then they're leaving. What's cool is that the song it's the third longest song that he's ever done after scenes from an Italian restaurant and Captain Jack. But there's a whole minute in the beginning of just the sound effects and then a whole minute at the end of just the sound effects. So when you boil it down, it's actually not like that long of a song. But it was amazing that it was released as a single, I believe, in its entirety. So there wasn't like a radio edit that got rid of all this. They like let that seven minute thing play. That's what I remember growing up. It's, it's also interesting that people are angry about the helicopter sounds. I think they thought it was too much, but what you realize as a Billy Joel fan is that he's just been into those kind of sound effects way early on. I mean, he just loves, I mean, glass houses is full of sound effects. He loves the sound effects. So that never bothered me. Cause I'm like, he's, he's it's it, like, if he had, I guess if he'd done that the first time, maybe I'd be like, ah, what is this? But he loves it. The Allentown, the, the whistles, you know, this, this is what he does. The yeah. Motorci- I- the motorcycle and <laughs> moving out, you know, Right. Or the, the horse clip clopping in the ballad of Billy the Kid. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't stop thinking about our uh, when we had Alex Sulkin on <laughs> that family guy one where he goes, I heard they left the doors open and that's why you hear the car sound and moving out. <laughs> I can't stop thinking how funny that was. Uh, there's a lot of people there's, you know, there were, when it came out, a lot of people were criticizing it. a lot of people loved it. A lot of people were criticizing it. A lot of people were saying he didn't take a side. They're angry. He didn't take a side. You know, he's like, well, yeah, it's not an anti-war. It's not a pro-war. I'm telling a soldier's point of view. I'm just telling a little story. People are so angry. I, You know, but that's the chance you take when you make a song like this. I heard him say he came up with this song during 52nd Street. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, it wasn't time, which makes sense because, yeah, that was a little too close to where everybody couldn't talk about it. And then the Nylon Curtain, which, of course, it fits perfectly on that album. 
It really does. It's the perfect album for it. You definitely don't want it on an innocent man. Uh, <laughs> it was the right. This would have been a doo wop song. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would have been one of those. Whoa, ones. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this was the longest war. <laughs> it would have been one of those demos that I like. So I like the demo better uh, with the uh, <laughs> with the doo wop version. <laughs> and Rolling Stone, Stephen Holden describes the song as possibly the ultimate pop music epitaph to the Vietnam War. I yeah. like that. I mean, that's the perfect. It's a pop version of what you would get. You know, it's a Dave Juskow version of a Vietnam a war song, you know, since Dave Juskow doesn't care for Dylan or Springsteen that I can appreciate. And right. It's the war song that would have been in a Broadway musical. And I guess it was in moving out. Excellent point. Also, the way it's gotten to after the nylon curtain and the subsequent tours how it has built you know to this thing when they're bringing out all the vietnam vets not just the gay caballeros and <laughs> how it they added in some trumpets and it's it's really he plays this live all the time i mean it's got to be one of his favorite songs to play live yeah this is the 18th most played song he's played it 375 times oh my god that's got to be the most we've ever talked about no, no, we've had a big shots way more than this. You think so? Captain Jack had more than this, I'm pretty sure. Now, what's interesting about this, he, he's played it a ton, obviously. He's only played it once since 2018 and only 48 times since the year 2000. So he definitely has been playing it less in the last 20 years. I wonder, is that because the audience is getting more and more removed from the Vietnam War? Are they not being moved by this as much? Oh, maybe it just comes down to being older and you're just like, I just want to sing happy songs. I, I mean, that's, you know, that's what it comes down to with me is that the reason why I didn't like the song and I wasn't looking forward to it. And I don't like a lot of the slow songs because I like Billy Joel because he writes happy songs that I like to sing as immature as that may be. I mean, I do like the slow ones, too, but, you know, his songs where you're just singing and having a good time and, you know, all the words. And that's the funny thing watching these live performances and people know all the words. Okay. So let's take a look at uh, the Saturday night live thing. You know about this, right? With Will Farrell, right? Yeah. So I'll never forget. So I was watching it live. So, so it's Will Farrell's last show. And what the story is, is that Colin Jost, who was a writer on the show at the time. Now he's obviously the news, the weekend update anchor with uh, our friend, Michael Che is a huge Billy Joel fan growing up in Staten Island. And he'd been pitching Billy Joel, Billy Joel, all the time. Oh, he's like, let's do something, Billy Joel. And he's like, let's do something with Goodnight Saigon. And and he told Will Farrell, let's do this, whatever. And it was all this thing where they're like, that's, you know, how are we going to do that? And then I think it was Will Farrell who like went into Lauren and said, Yeah, let's let's give it a try. And I think they like kind of snuck it in at the end of that one final the final season episode. They were like, come on, we got to try the Billy Joel sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll never forget it because I remember it. I'm like, wait, are they really going to do this? Because it's certainly not to be made fun of. Right. <laughs> so it was such an odd, odd choice. And it was so awesome. But you could really look at it both ways. Are they disrespecting the song? Uh, and then they kept saying that he, you know, he had never been to Vietnam, and he had he just went to visit Will Ferrell, and he lost his luggage, and that was you know <laughs> stuff. But I'll never forget because you know I'm very close with Artie Lang, 
I had no idea he was going to be there. And he just got dragged on stage by Norm McDonald. They had a bunch of celebrities. Tom Hanks was there and Anne Hathaway and Paul yeah. Rudd. And they just went up on stage and Norm was just like, come on, Artie. <laughs> he went up and I'm like, what the hell? And then the best is it's the slow song. The, the helicopters are coming in or whatever. And it's ending. And they just did the big, we will all go down together. And Artie comes off stage and somebody the audience goes, Hey, Artie. <laughs> yeah, 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 I just heard that. I was like, yeah. And he's That's like so waving funny. back. And the, here's the thing, though. Artie is a mess. I mean, if you know Artie Lang, and I know him very well, he's a very big mess. And yet he didn't know he was going to be brought up on stage. And I think he doesn't care for Billy Joel. And he's a huge Springsteen guy and probably thinks Billy Joel is a word you're not allowed to say anymore. And when he got up there and he didn't know he was going to be brought up there, he's singing the words. Everyone knows the words and we will all go down together. Everyone knows the words, even if you don't like Billy Joel. That's unbelievable, man. This is a Vietnam song and everyone knows the goddamn words. It's not just like Piano Man where you know the words or Uptown Girl. And that's that's look at this guy, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing about this song. You said you don't like the slow songs. And like we've done one before, An Innocent Man, which I think we both weren't really that into. It's it's long, it's slow and you can't sing along to it. The words are complicated. There's nothing really catchy there. And then you have this song, which is long and slow, but it's so easy to sing along to. It's so anthemic. And that makes all the difference. So uh, when we had Sarah Silverman on, as you know, we did Code of Silence together at this place called Ye Old Triple N. And one of the, you know, every St. Patrick's Day, I would sing two Billy Joel songs. One of the years, and I think it's on tape somewhere, and I don't know where it would be, maybe somewhere stuck in my closet, one of the years, maybe 1991, 92, I sang Goodnight Saigon at this place, uh, along with one of the other songs, maybe My Life or something. Mm-hmm. And then I sang this one last. And I brought up all my college friends who moved to New York. And we all got up on stage and did the shoulder to shoulder, you know, hands on the shoulders. And we would all go down together. And, and it was it was great. It was great. So again, I can't get mad at Saturday Night Live for doing because I was kind of mocking it away and mocking on purpose. It was just great to sing with your buddies. Where yeah, yeah, going to college for four years ain't the same as going to goddamn Vietnam War. But we all went through this thing together. So if you're using it as a metaphor in that sense, it's still an awesome song to bring people together. And you know, if you're singing it somewhere, you you want to hold everybody's. What do you call it when you're just putting your arms uh, around each I don't other? Know, arm and arm, arm and arm, and you're just swaying back and forth and singing this song. It it really does make you feel like your friends. It has another meaning on top of its initial meaning. Yeah, it's about camaraderie. I think most camaraderie. People like, most yes. people who like the song weren't in Vietnam and don't, probably don't even think too, too much about the Vietnam part of it. They just want to get to that chorus so they could sway back and forth with their buddies. Yeah. And again, it's just amazing how it builds just like Captain Jack, where you're like, eh, I'm sick of the verse already. And then that chorus comes in just like Piano Man. He's so good at building, building to a chorus, building to a song where maybe you're just not into. And when it gets that chorus between the music and the lyrics, you are all in. And it really, those three songs I just mentioned, you know, 
two of the top, top of my head and this and there's probably other examples we're just not thinking of that's three songs that the guy put together in a lifetime where you just rally around your neighbor and you're like wow this is i mean it in a way it's very much like piano man sing us a song you're the piano man and we will all go down together you're singing with that crowd just as you're singing sing us a song you're the piano man yeah, the difference is Piano Man was probably has like six different choruses that you could sing. This song only does that chorus twice. It's such a long song and it only does that two times in the whole thing. And everyone still can wait for it because they, they and you wait for it so and much. you're into it and it's powerful every time. And of course, it's even better when the veterans are on stage. Really something else, especially I got to see this Kennedy Center honors. I mean, you should watch it. I mean, it's a bunch of jerk off singing Billy Joel songs, so it kind of sucks. But uh, there's like next up for Don Henley. Uh, It's really just like, I don't know what I don't know who decides (laughs) who does stuff like this. But, you know, this song and and also when they're doing Piano Man, the whole audience is singing Piano Man. You're talking about the president, Obama and his wife and everybody around him. Shirley MacLaine, (laughs) you know, she was also on honor. She never served. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's uh, this man is Billy Joel. Is really uh, he's something else, and I, I tell you something. I, you know, you could like Springsteen all you want, but I don't know how many people are going to be sitting there singing his song in a big crowd like that. Yeah, well, Born to Run. There's a he has a few songs. Maybe, but going. it's not the same. You know, you're not going to be singing in a big crowd. You're not going to be able to stop the music and say, "Baby, we're born to run," and it's you know, <laughs> it's not the same. They yeah. stop the music at Piano Man, point the microphone to the audience. They don't need music and everyone knows the words. There are very few people who can put that together. And, uh, you know, it's something else. You know, if that ever happened, if I was at a Billy Joel show, let's say I was in the front row and he was singing this and then like it got to the chorus and he put the mic in front of me, I would be like, December song. <laughs> hoping you're going <laughs> to. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny every time. <laughs> Oh my God! I was hoping you were going to say December. I was like he's going to say December song, please. <laughs> Cross the <to> bear. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> parentheses. Where is my lady? <laughs> Close parentheses. Oh, that would be so epic, especially if he got us. Like if he ended up liking us in our podcast and he gave us front row seats and he just ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> during good nights like uh, december song <laughs> we should at least get t-shirts made up that say just play december song and then he starts scolding us in the back and then we leave and we're like totally worth it <laughs> <laughs> well he'll never talk to us again but elon that was totally worth it <laughs> you are the man <laughs> it would be you would not have the guts to do it. <laughs> i don't think yeah. i would either oh god but how cool how hilarious would that be? Billy has said that this song was inspired once again by the Beatles. He said he was really going for a, a feel of a day in the life, which is a very quiet, slow song. It's so funny. He loves, he just loves emulating a day in the life. What was the other song we said that he did that to? Oh, uh, it might have been Angry Young Man, right? Or probably Angry or, Young Man because I had scenes three from Italian restaurant or scenes, something, right? Definitely. Yeah. I feel like he's only listened to one Beatles song ever. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. And somehow every song he writes, he's like, well, this is kind of like a day in the life for me. That's so funny. 
but the way he like this builds into a really big middle section that's i guess sort of like a day in the life so he's mentioned that as an influence all right dave it's time for the trivia portion of the show do you have a stumper i do and it is about this song it's a little difficult i usually i don't try and really stump you you know like i always want you to get it right but this is a tough one okay during the final chorus of we would all go down together someone screams something very faintly during the chorus do you know what they're saying and who does it on the recording i think i do know this ah Okay, so they're screaming, Artie! No, it's and not it's Artie. Dave Juskow at the <laughs> SNL taping. Damn it. I was going to make a question <laughs> about myself, but uh, no. I don't know the answer to this. It's very faint, but at the very last, we'd all go down together. Somebody is screaming, you're all right, Sarge. And the answer is Liberty DeVito. It's in his book. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good, good trivia. It's good trivia. Did he serve in the war? I don't know. Did he mention what the reference was when he said when he said that in the recording? No, I have a feeling he's just an idiot who just screams stuff out to be noticed. And uh, that's what I think it is. Maybe when he says Sarge, he means like because Billy Joel is kind of like his sergeant. So maybe he means like, Billy, you're all right. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't I don't know whether he's in the war. I feel like. I feel like Billy Joel would have said, well, you know, Liberty was in the war. So he told me some stories. Yeah, I feel like we would have heard that since he went to a bunch of soldiers to get their stories, a bunch of friends of his to, you know, it seems like he would have said also our band member, uh, Mark Kanata, or what was the guy's name? Uh, Did I get that right? Richie Kanata. He was, you know, see, he told us some stuff. So I I don't I don't think any of them. Yeah, that's a good point. They probably none of them probably served. That's a, that's good trivia. I didn't know that. I never heard. I guess I have to really turn it up on this song. Yeah, you got it. Well, I'll uh, I'll play it. And if you play it backwards, he's saying Paul is dead. Exactly. It's very, very faint. Just like the opening to 52nd Street, where uh, he's technically doing the count of all our hands are ready or something, whatever he says. Yeah, uh, very hard to very faint. But those those are from what I am to understand what is being said as a kind of a Paul is dead kind of moment on Goodnight Saigon. Yes. That's cool. I like those little things about like strange noises you hear in the studio during a recording. Well, like when they left the car, the, uh, the statement, <laughs> yeah. the studio doors open. <laughs> I knew what you were doing. All right. Do you have one for me? Actually, I wrote two trivia questions and because I thought one of them might get covered in this. And one of them did. It was talking about the SNL and like what special guests also were singing on that. And you mentioned a bunch of them, Norm MacDonald, Artie Lang, Paul Rudd, uh, Tom Hanks. Green Day was also there. Right, Green Day. So forget that question. So my other question is about uh, a, Billy often, when he talks about this song, will mention the fact that, yes, he did not serve in the war, but there were some of the best books written about other wars were written by people who did not serve in those wars. And yet they were still able to be a conduit uh, through the soldier's eyes and really put the, the words of a soldier down onto paper. And one of the stories he tells is that um, this guy, Eric Paul Remark, who wrote All Quiet on the Western Front, did not serve in World War One. My question is, is that true? I don't know. I mean, you know, it's funny. I was thinking of Hemingway, but I think he did serve, right? Yeah, he did something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he killed some I, guys. I don't know if the author of All Quiet on the Western Front uh, went to war or not. I'm going to say 
it is not true because it's a strange question to right yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, why else would i ask it but right yeah billy mentioned in, in several interviews this book and that this guy didn't serve so then i looked the guy up uh, and it's not true he served on the western front in world war one he was only there for a month because he got injured but uh it says on uh he fought in the trenches between Torhut and Hutost. And then on July 31st, 1917, he was wounded by shell shrapnel in his leg, right arm and neck, and he was medically evacuated. So he was it, there on the front lines. Yeah, you know, it's funny what you would say to yourself, well, how does a guy write all quiet on the Western front? Where are you going to come up with that if you weren't there? But then I guess if you're young, you could say, well, obviously, Billy was in Saigon during that time, because why would you write about it and say we? If you weren't there. So I, I guess it's the same thing. But it's so different because like to write a song, you need such little detail to still make it. He's a great songwriter. He could write anything and make it sound like he was there with the few little details that he throws in to write an entire book about a war. You got to get so detailed that like, I don't know. It does I feel help, like I to be there. I feel like Billy Joel could have could writ could have written a book and he could write detail. I mean, just uh, we didn't start the fire alone is so much work in detail that, you know, he's just maybe he's just good at that. Yeah, no, it could be. But I think he just got his facts wrong on this one. I think actually yeah. in more recent interviews, he doesn't mention this book. So maybe someone did correct him. Now he talks about the guy who wrote that uh, some other book about the Civil War, Red Badge of Courage. Oh, right. Yeah. And maybe that one is true. because I didn't look up that one yet. I hated that book. I, read I never read that. that. That was one of those school books, right? Yeah. Boring. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't know how you're going to parody this, but I am interested. <laughs> oh, yeah. This one's it's going to be all stolen valor. That's, all right. No. Yeah. Uh, OK, so the weird Alon song this time instead of Goodnight Saigon is called Goodnight the Prom. OK, <laughs> <laughs> which for many people is the battlefields. That That's, you know, you know, I, I know it, it's it's not the right thing to say, but quite frankly, the prom is very stressful. <laughs> it really is. You know, every time I even see movies about it, I'm like, yeah, I forgot how stressful it is to try and get a date and to, you know, that, that somebody's going to ask who and somebody's going to ask this. And in that time of your life, it is the most stressful thing you may ever do. And it lasts with you forever. I'm not comparing it to the Vietnam War. Just saying. <laughs> right. We have PTSD from it, though. It's still with us. I, I definitely do. Yeah, me too. A lot of missteps. Uh, maybe you know what? After I sing the first part of the chorus, you probably could come in with me on the other ones. Okay. Just because you'll figure out what it is, and then right. Good night, the prom. We rented tuxes and got corsages, pre-gamed with vodka in our garages, and we blacked out. Blacked out all night, 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 night. <laughs> and Jimmy puked on my date's dress. Now every girl hates us. There's no chance we get laid tonight. And we will all get drunk together. We, we said, said we'd all get, get drunk, drunk together. together. Yes, we, we would, would all get, get drunk, drunk together. together. Hey, now. <laughs> and that was awesome. Thank you for including me. It's always nice when we could do it. It is kind of great. That was a good one, Elon, a really good one for a really tough song. I wasn't sure what you were going to do. 
how you were maybe going to insult veterans, <laughs> but <laughs> it was brilliant and Thanks. fun. Well, folks, that was Good Night Saigon. If you like our podcast, be sure to go to Apple and give us five stars. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and give us some feedback. Do you agree with the fans that this is Billy's 40th best song? Do the helicopter noises detract from the song? What do you think of Will Ferrell's SNL version? And aren't you a little curious what a doo-wop version of this song would have sounded like if it was on An Innocent Man? Until next time, I'm Alan Altman. I'm Dave Juskow. And this is Billy Joel A to Z.